So welcome to another episode of In Conversation with Dambro Business. Today we're joined by Empower's co-founder and CEO, Mark McCalliog. Mark, thanks nice for joining me. us. Nice to Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Uh, if, I wonder if you could just start by telling us a little bit about what Empower do and sure. what your role is with no, no problem. So I'm a co-founder and CEO, uh, my sister Nicola. And Empower Sports is a world-first uh, mental resilience, safeguarding, education and support business, specifically working with um, professional elite and amateur athletes, <clears throat> the education system, students. I guess the goal is to teach our kids resilience, how to handle the pressures of life, and probably more importantly is to handle this new technological dawn. Wow. You know, I think that for about 15 years, you've seen issues of social media technologies really preying on the minds of our kids. Mm. And we wanted to create a product which can help people get the edge in sports and their education, but also help teachers, coaches and parents deal with the mental health side of things and the resilience side because too many kids are suffering. Oh, That's a real mission, the real heartbeat of the business. Yeah, I can imagine. So when you when you started the business originally, had you, had you owned other businesses previously? Yeah, yeah, that. correct. So I spent a lot of time overseas. I grew up in the UK. Then I moved out to Australia okay. uh, to launch a big finance and accounting recruitment firm in Brisbane. Mm. Um, became their top guy in the world in about 2007. Wow. And then in the last big financial crisis, 2008, I launched my first business at age 28. And uh, lots of people said I was crazy for doing it, but I had a lot of client base. I knew what I wanted to do. I was a risk taker, ex-extreme sports guy. So I thought, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? I can fall back to what I used to do before. So it's better than have tried and failed and not yeah. tried at all, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, two other businesses came after that. And then me and my sister partnered up. Uh, she's really the brains of the operation. She's got a very rare skill set in psychology, which is uh, criminal forensic and sports performance. Okay. So she's been all over the world helping troubled youth. And um, Liverpool gave her a call to bring her into the sports um, arena. Because, you know, you can imagine there's a lot of professional athletes or aspiring athletes that want to be the next Rio Ferdinand and Wayne Rooney. But a lot of them, they're sort of gang affiliated off the field. There's a lot of problems off yeah. the field which impact performance. So Nick got brought in to work with Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea um, to help be, you know, a, I guess a resilience coach, performance coach. Mm. Um, because, you know, the lads and lasses are only there like at training and game day. Mm. We wanted to design a system which was a wraparound system, which accentuated the great work done in person mm. on training day. But then what happens when they leave? What happens outside the game? Well, life slaps you in the face pretty hard sometimes, right? So we figured, can we clone Nicola in a good way? <laughs> and the back office medical team of experts at Liverpool using technology and artificial intelligence and deliver a sports performance team, yeah. a resilience team in the pocket of every child, parent, coach and teacher on earth. Yeah. That's a goal. Can That's we get amazing. to a million users? Well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully get a few more people on the show today, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. So how, if you don't mind me asking, initially when you set it up with, with your sister, as a startup, how did you go about, especially at such a young age, funding that venture? How did you? So great question. So in all my prior businesses, I'd self-funded those. But this one, given the nature of the technology, the innovation, we obviously needed a lot more money. Okay. So we went out for angel investment and we were, we were lucky to secure about £550,000 in a loan slash um, options equity deal. A um, lot of networking, right? You got to meet lots of different people. Yeah. And it really didn't help that when we were launching, it was right slap bang in the middle of COVID. Okay. So we lost our first investor. And then luckily somebody else stepped in at the time because yeah. we had the Liverpool pilot sat there waiting to go. Right. So I guess the life as an entrepreneur, riddled with risk, ups and downs, but you need a great support team. But fundamentally, you've got to believe in your mission, vision, mm. and what you're doing. A, nobody else is doing. 
what they're doing, but you can improve it. Yeah. Um, or B, you're just willing to compete, go get dirty, fail, and then keep going. Yeah. So um, it's all about that resilience, which it is. ironically is, is what you sort of preach. Well, it would be bugging if it wasn't, right? Yeah. You know, we're here we are creating resilience and the founders <laughs> are a bunch of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you've, you've mentioned you, the roles that you've held previously and the, and the businesses that you've, you've had previously. Um, and you've got that experience in sports and in, in artificial intelligence. How important, in your opinion, is having that industry knowledge, that in-depth knowledge of, of the marketplace that you're going into prior to launching? It's huge, right? And, you know, it's, it's the old saying, there's no I in team. Okay. So my job as a leader is to bring in the best talent imaginable for their specific areas of passion and have them drive it. So Nicola, like I mentioned, she's really the brains of the evidence-based science, the content, the delivery. One of my dear friends in Australia that's built our tech, he's an absolute tech genius. I mean, one of the advisors we've had into this project did a lot of work with one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world in advanced computer modeling. Okay. So it, it sort of depends on the business line you're in. But I think fundamentally, you've got to do your research. Yeah. Lots of businesses, they launch prematurely. They haven't done their research first. So we spent time in market research. We were blessed to have had the audiences of some very famous sports clubs to test can we actually mirror a physical model, make it digital, have people engage, uh, but more importantly, have somebody pay for it, right? Um, I see a lot of startups. I mentor some startups in, in America, and especially in the technology world, the techies get all excited and they geek out on the tech, and then they hack it together, build it with no business development pipeline, yeah. no sales, no willingness, I guess, to get their baby, which they've created, and you know, kind of like throw out there, mm and have people rip it apart because mm. people get you know, emotionally wedded to what they've created. I think that's one of the biggest issues in the startup land is people, A, don't listen to feedback. B, they're not willing to have their idea assassinated because sometimes they don't like what they might hear at the end. Very precious about Very it. Very precious. But also, I've seen businesses that leverage their homes, that leverage all of the whole financial well-being of their entire families. Yeah. They probably shouldn't have done because mm. they didn't have a brain's trust around them. Yeah. They didn't seek wisdom. I think that's a big thing about being an entrepreneur. Hell, if you're going to fail, you'll fail. Yeah. But at least you've got a skill set to fall back to. Yeah. No, good advice. And you you're know? talking about failure. I mean, what was your, your biggest fear, if you, if you like, when you, when you first started Empower? It sounds odd, but fearing not getting the ha it's in the hands of millions of kids that should have been helped yesterday. Well, okay. That there's a centralized system out there which is failing them. Mm. You know, I've got eight and nine-year-old boys, right? I refuse to believe that we won't get this company up and pull in like-minded minds that are going to allow the level of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and general chicanery which is going on to our youth, even, yeah. even before, but now certainly post-COVID. Because the biggest problem you're facing is we think we know the known needs of our children yeah. and family members, but it's the unknown needs. Mm. What our system does is it delivers a way of actually getting to know the unknown needs of its users. Yeah no different than we watch a movie on Netflix, we buy on Amazon straight away, it knows our behaviors, it knows our habits. We've designed a similar type learning system which will then repurpose data and deliver content-driven information from experts which is gonna walk us off the cliff if we're struggling mentally. Yeah. In that moment, you need help the most. Wow. So I call it repurposing technology. Technology can be great, right? If it's in the hands of good, or bad folk, it can be very, very different. Yeah. So we're trying to take all the data sets, repurpose them for good. And you know, being real about it, Facebook, all these massive companies, if they truly wanted to help people, 
they could, yeah. but they'd rather you know, keep people addicted to the social media feeds, the tweets, the negativity. Yeah. We want to be that sort of beacon of light, which people can run to whenever they need it mm. and get that help. Yeah. And it's thanks to our tech team, it's thanks to Nicola, you know, and what's the fear? Not getting it out there. Yeah, I it's guess It's a very so. real fear, you know what I mean? So the drive yeah. is not so much the, it's not so much the business, it's what the business can do for people. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate mission, but you've also got to have the saying I always say is you can have a world first product, which we've got, but you need a, you need a, a very, a very, a good business model. So we started the mission building our tech, wanting to deliver this in the hand of every child for a pound a user per month. So you get the sports performance team in the back end of Liverpool football club for 12 quid a year, three coffees, because every child has talent, whether it's sports, music, theater, anything you do in your life. And that was the vision. Can we do it? Will people buy? And right now, we're still very much a startup. Mm. It's still pretty damn rough out there in the current environment, right? You know, but we believe. And that's a big thing, right? Because belief will overcome any fear. And if you get the right people in, they will also say no to you and slap you around. You know, you got a good chance. So the, the safeguarding and the education, the support to young people that you're platform your, your app provides has received some pretty high profile praise not least from I think it's Alex Inglethorpe yeah, the, Liverpool the Academy boss man at the Academy at yeah. Liverpool Football Club which is a pretty big deal I think he said there's, there's nothing like your platform out there I know you, you've got clients in many different arenas how did you kind of grow that client base initially and what sort of strategies marketing strategies sales strategies work best for you now that's a great question a lot of that credit goes to my sister nicola who i mentioned earlier um it's really her accreditation the work she's done with youth around the world she has a very unique lens on how to engage um players and children you know um, from a psychology perspective yeah you know, i think you've got to break down barriers okay you know the mission was democratize break down barriers and allow people to feel comfortable enough to talk you know, so I think what happened there is Nicola was consulting to Liverpool and a few of her Premier League um, football clubs. And um, me and Nick had this vision. I, I was out funneling enough heliboarding um, in Colorado. I'm an extreme sports guy. And, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was a bit depressed at the time. I should have been happy. I was getting guided off piece by one of the best mountaineers in the world. And I just stopped. And I thought to myself, geez, um, wouldn't it be great if a hologrammed virtual psychologist popped out my phone? and walk me off the cliff in this very moment of time for my very relevant individual needs. Mm. And that was where the idea got seeded. And I said to Nick, I said, um, no disrespect, but we need to clone you. We need to make you available at scale and put you in the you know, hearts, minds of many kids, many players, parents, coaches um, around the world. And we need to then figure out, can it technologically be done? We spoke to Liverpool, the clubs, and we looked at the physical workflows of how they did it in the physical. And what they recognized as well is they needed a wraparound system mm. because yeah, the coaches, they're not there all the time. And what happens when they're not? So that's where the whole idea came from. That's where it got the praise. It's a combination of evidence-based science, um, technology, mission, you know, and um, I, I guess a willingness to innovate through some of these clubs. Right. And um, it's great praise, but, you know, we're not stopping there. We want them all. We're in some pretty advanced discussions with a lot of them now. Um, but I think the main heartbeat is getting this into the education world. We've got some great school partners, um, universities. We've got our first U.S. partners. But what we then want to do is create a community around it. I'm a passionate blockchain crypto guy, and I, I eventually want to get this out and have communities online that are going to help us knock down doors at schools and say, hey, 
why, why, why don't our children have this? Why don't the teachers have this? Yeah. We, we need to know COVID has created a lot of developmental issues for our children. Wow. And um, let's take this out together. Okay. Yeah. So the impact that it has on people's mental health is, is pretty profound. That's that's the, the driver for you guys. You mentioned there about yourself and sort of not so much, well, you, you mentioned the word depression there, for instance. Mm. In terms of growing the business yourself, if you wouldn't mind going into it, how, how have you managed your own stress and anxiety whilst driving this forward, especially through COVID? That's a great like question, mate, right? And look, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a, a look, basically to do some of the stuff I do, I'm, I'm borderline barking mad anyway, right? I'm extreme, I have no fear, and I live a very regimented day. You know, I'll get up at 5.30 in the gym for two hours, start the day. So I think you need to have what I would class as an unbreakable mindset. But really what I say to, to people is you need the heart set. So my saying is the heart set drives the mindset, right? A lot of people think it's the opposite way around. Mm -hmm. Mindset will get you so far. But if your heart drives the mind, then it will enable you to walk through black swan events like COVID. Yeah. Literally live, you know, paycheck to paycheck because you want to get the vision out. Now, there's a, there's a glorified um, part of entrepreneurship and being a business owner, yep. which gets out there. But there's also like a, a dirty, dark side to it. Right. And um, I think that you just need to go in with your eyes open. Yeah. My skill set prior to this was I was the world number one's headhunter for the biggest company in the world. I was a sales, I was a marketing guy. Some of the skill sets I didn't get, I went and hunted them. So I think a lot of startups, they need to reverse engineer the way they go to market. They actually should spend a bit more time up front doing a bit more research, shoring up their sales business development pipeline, because then they're going to be able to answer to a financial model, which then will dictate how much money they may or may not need to raise. Mm. So it's an art in some ways, yeah. but I wouldn't say to people, don't do it. Get in there, right? Yeah. Because you don't want to look back on the book of your life and think, what if? Mm. And you know, I've got a saying, you win or you learn. You don't win or fail. Failure enables you to learn. And then it will test your mettle as to, did you truly believe in the idea enough? Because yeah. if you scupper off like a rabbit in the headlight straight off, then, you know, Maybe it wasn't for you. It wasn't for you in the first place. I think I know the answer to this question, given the, the force of feeling that you've got and the strength of personality you've got, but how big an impact has, has Empower and just, just owning a business itself had on your personal life? Well, it's been hard at the moment because my family's in the US, right? So because we got the business up here to start with, for the last uh, 14 months, I've been here four weeks, back in America three weeks. And that's tough. Okay. Um, but again, I look at entrepreneurship and it's an absolute blessing. Since the age of 27, um, you know, my boys are eight and nine now. I've been able to see them grow up, right? I've been able to set my hours, set the times, work whenever necessary. You know, me and Nick, you know, we didn't have a dad, right? He was actually a famous footballer back in the 70s. And a big part of this mission is to actually allow um, people to transition out of sports and hopefully not have the family unit breakdown. Okay. and a myriad of divorces and fatherless homes. So there's a big sort of undercurrent as to why we do what we do. Mm. But it will have a personal um, yeah. toll. And I think, you know, you need a very um, understanding wife and partner, right? Yeah. But I think the big thing I would say is they need to know you for what you are before they marry you or they get engaged with you. I mean, you know what drives you. And yeah. I think a lot of people pick the wrong partner. To how, be blunt, but. Well, how, how have those parallels kind of, it must be strange for you given that you've got that background that with the, with the 
footballing father and stuff to now be working with some of the biggest football clubs in the world that's quite a man it's funny right because you know he always wanted me to play football but then I um, played rugby then I fell into extreme sports and I gave up football to, to piss him off to be blunt about it <laughs> and then he called rugby players girls blouses so I kind of laughed at him and I was like well, you know <laughs> whatever mate <laughs> um, you've, I mean you've played a number of sports but you've also been involved in a number of businesses are there any any fundamentals I mean you've probably touched on them already to be honest but are there, are there any fundamentals that you've applied to the di- each different business that you've gone through that, that have worked for you I think it's hard work right and, and, and I think it's, it's pretty a, obvious it's, one really. yeah yeah no but I think that yeah, it's also how you how do you define hard work right and I think hard work can be defined by consistency as well mm-hmm. um, but I think belief right I think in this day and age I'm not on social media, I'm on LinkedIn, just FYI. And I think in this day and age, we're sort of living in a world where people want to get a pat on the back. They want people to believe in them mm. without believing in themselves first. And if they don't believe in themselves, you know, they're wanting people to pat them on the back and go, go and do it. Well, yeah. you, you're not going to run a business. Mm-hmm. You think you might. Yeah. It's got to come from you. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, it, it certainly makes sense. I think with, with your business being as, as global as it is, and all, but also a, a family business, it's a, it's a different dynamic. Do you, and you don't have to answer this, but do you outsource any of your business at all? This is a bit of a boring question compared right. to the ones yeah. we've asked already. So it's a good question because business process outsourcing is key. You know, yeah. Um, and yeah, we do. We have outsourced accountants, um, lawyers to start with. It's all about keeping costs down. Okay. You know, then when the business becomes more mature, you're going to start contemplating. You know, having a controller, financial mm-hmm. controller, um, legal counsel come on board. Um, I think there's some great outsourcing companies. Yeah. And I think they do it really well. And I think with the advancements now in sort of blockchain AI, you know, you can have chatbots as well as an example, mm-hmm. which can come in and you know play a great role in business support. Um, and tech support for that matter. Mm. And I think as a startup, you know, it's about keeping the cost down. Yeah. Especially now. Like the macroeconomic backdrop, we're at war, there's a recession, there's COVID, there's probably a new variant around the corner. <laughs> um, you know, pe- people need to recognize that it's going to get harder to raise capital as well, yeah. outside capital. Yeah. Um, inflation's up. So I think early on, most entrepreneurs, if they don't have a good finance person there, to your point, speak to somebody at an outsource, outsourcing company yeah. and um, get some solid advice from them. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of, of strategy and forward planning, you, you're obviously a very, very busy guy. Things in a lot of pies and it's, there's, there's a lot going on in your business right? You know, in the, in the day-to-day. How much time do you devote to long-term strategy and forward planning and you know, moving the business forward in the next 5 to 10 to 15 years? Great, great, great question. That. So we've got a five-year plan. Um, but the, 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 for me, there's a 20-year plan because this project is like the culmination of me and my sister's life work together, okay. for want of a better word. So phase one is we're in the sports and the education world. Then we're going to grow the business into other verticals, demand-validated yeah. verticals. So we're doing quite a bit of work in the military, mm-hmm. um, in the birthing area, in the faith industry. Corporate wellness we're kind of going to go into, but we're going to go in through, through partnerships okay. and um, white-labeling the business. Eventually, we're going to turn the digital record of achievement part of our company into a blockchain technology play, and it's going to become a next generation talent scouting platform for sports and talent, which was my old world. And then there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's sort of a equitable marketplace end game um, if we get there, right? So big vision, set your vision early. I would say as an entrepreneur, and do what most people don't do, right? They need to imagine being at the top of the mountain, achieving the goals. 
and then demarcating backwards from the end vision. And you'll get a lot of folk which will tell you, you're crazy. I don't think you'll do it, but they'll tell you that for two reasons. A, they're jealous, or B, they can't compute doing it themselves and they wish they could do it themselves or mm. have the creativity or the ability to do it, right? Yeah. So get a great set of people around you, break down the barriers, you know, shoot for the out, out, outer part of the solar system if you land on the bloody moon, hey ho, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a great mindset to have and I think a lot of business owners do get bogged down in the day-to-day, -day, don't they? And, and they miss that yeah. point. Which favorite aspects of owning your own business? Freedom. Yeah. As stressful as it is, um, but it's not just the freedom to have your personal choice, your professional choice, but it's freedom to travel. For me, true wealth and happiness in life is seeing different cultures, meeting different people. Right? People, you know, entrepreneurs, it's all about the money, it's all about the capital raising, but I think people make a mistake, right? They either become a debt slave or what I say, a time slave. You don't get time back. Mm. So you have to be very careful early on to set boundaries around time. Okay, this is personal family time. This is business time. The phone when I come home from work actually needs to get put away in a drawer. This is me talking now. <laughs> I shovel it away in a drawer. It doesn't yep. come out again. So you need to know yourself too yep. in terms of your own behaviors and how and what and where and why things will affect across, you know, sort of the professional personal life divide. Yeah. Because I think the personal life will often kill the business before the professional element will too. Yeah, definitely. And if you had one, one piece of advice for somebody who is either about to start their own business, has just started their own business, or is considering it, what would that be? Make sure you've done your research and make sure before you do it, you leave your pride and ego behind you. Kick right. that back. Because if you don't, that will you'll eliminate peripheral vision. So you'd be like a, a punch-drunk boxer with a detached retina, right? You're trying to find somewhere to go, but because the retina's gone, there's no peripheral vision, it's tunnel vision only. Yeah. You won't seek outside advice or that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's probably what I would say. No, that's a fantastic tip. Yeah. And the final question we ask everyone, Mark, is, is how you define success, both from a, a personal perspective and in terms of the businesses that you run, particularly Empower. For me, sounds corny as, you know, lives changed. Simply put, because if you're able to bring and procure a product which the world's never seen, you know, there's a massive need, there's a massive amount of pain going on and you can get the pricing right, you know, and you get the team behind it and you get the community and the stakeholders which will take it even further. It's got to be that, right? We live in such a, you know, screwed up world as it is today where people are quick to tear people down and give them a kicking. Why not lift people up? show them what human potential is supposed to look like. Move the bloody, um, you know, um, what do you call it, handcuffs off and let people go out there and be, make the best of themselves. Fantastic. I think that's a great place to end it. Thanks very much for coming in. Uh, thank you, mate. See Pleasure. You next time.